hello everyone. I have Miss Natalie Samuels on my podcast today. Uh, appreciate you for coming, Miss Natalie. Thank you for the invite. I'm honored to be here. All right. Well, my first question I have for you is, uh, well, I guess not really a question. I just want you to let people know who you are and what you've done for our community. Okay. Um, well, like you said, my name is Natalie Samuels, and I'm an educator in our um, in Bryan ISD, one of our local school districts, and um, I'm, I'm a native. I've been here since I was in the third grade, so um, I'm pretty familiar with um, a lot of things in our community. Um, I just got really involved, um, I guess, maybe about five or six, no, maybe about 10 years ago, I guess, when um, I started um, doing my graduate work at A&M, and I was able to, I was outside of the classroom during that time, so I was able to start getting more involved with um, the youth in our community with working with them on um, preparing them for college and career paths, uh, working on them with them with scholarships, um, well, preparing them for scholarship opportunities. Um, but the majority of my work in the community has been with uh, working with our youth, um, trying to present, uh, prepare them for their futures. Um, I work with, their, with teachers as well as other community members and parents. Um, I currently serve as the president of the Brazos Valley Alliance of Black School Educators, which is an affiliate of the Texas as well as the National Alliance of Black School Educators, which basically we are, um, we want to be a voice and an advocate for our students of color. Um, so that's what I do there. I lead that group. And um, then just recently, um, my husband and I worked together with some community leaders and form the FIST Collaborative, which is focusing on increasing success together. And um, we work together with putting on, like we just recently have had two parent and community events, uh, working on education, uh, different parent involvement, community involvement, um, just pretty much anything. If it's dealing with education, I'm all about it. I'm trying to help our, help influence some of these generational um, issues that we have in our community so that our students can and um, can be successful and our adults to be successful because it's never too late to get a head start or com uh, continue a start that you once had on your education. So um, as far as education and then in ministry as well um, through my church and um, different events with my husband, Quentin. So we just want, just want, we just want to be an impact make an impact and be a resource for our community. Yeah, and I've been uh, to a couple of your fist meetings and they are pretty impactful. You get to meet other people who are trying to do good things in the community. And I guess you get to put your head together and try to figure right. out what we can do to better our community. Uh, do you, got Absolutely. A you can do, uh, you have a place where people can follow your uh, organizations at? Absolutely, we're all, all of them are on Facebook, um, on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we have the Brazos Valley Alliance of Black School Educators. Um, and that's the name of the page on Facebook as well as Twitter. Um, on Facebook, the FIST Collaborative, it's F-I-S-T Collaborative. Um, we're a group on Facebook. Um, it's not a public group, but, I believe, but we can, we as members can invite people to join. So all you have to do is just, you know, say, hey, we're interested in, you're interested in being a part of it. Um, and then we can definitely add to our collaborative. All right, my next question is, what made you want to become an educator and why do you think it's so important? Um, what made me want to be an educator? 
honestly, I fought being an educator for years. <laughs> like my, when I first went to college, my, my degree path was not education. Um, my mother was an educator. And so I saw all of the things that she dealt with in the classroom and as a teacher, but don't get me wrong, she loved it. She loved it, loved it. She was a first grade teacher. And, um, but I just didn't feel like that was a path for me at the time, but it was in my heart. And so my third year of college, that was my junior year, I said, you know what, fine, I'll be in education. <laughs> you know, it's like, I just kind of succumbed to myself, you know, Continue and um, that's when my uh, passion for education birthed when I was, and that was at Prairie View and University. And so um, I want, I became, I continued my path in education because I wanted to, of course, make an impact with our youth. Um, if I can be the example that they need of what success can be, um, the best of my knowledge, and I want to be that example, um, then I continued in education um, as a teacher. Then I went on to be an instructional coach where I got a chance to be outside of the classroom and working with teachers. So that opened up the, my other passion, which is working with teachers to help them to be the best teacher that they can be so that they can be the best for our students. And um, now I'm serving as a test coordinator. So it's like all of my passions into one <laughs> because I'm able to work with the students. I'm able to work with their teachers. I'm able to work with administrators and being a test coordinator, that means I'm working with not just state tests, I'm working with SAT, PSAT, ACT, TSI, <laughs> all of those tests that I used to talk to the students about in college and career prep, now I'm actually talking with them even more on a direct um, path, you know, making a greater impact. So awesome. it's awesome. all about making that impact and being, in, being an example any way I can be and being a resource. Yeah. That's well, what it's all about. My mom was actually a teacher. She went to school for criminal justice at Sam Houston. Wow. Okay. But she ended up becoming a biology teacher at the end of the day. So yeah, it's, and I definitely have so much respect for teachers, especially black teachers, because a lot of people um, going to school, if you don't have a black teacher, you know, it's kind of hard to get that understanding from people from different cultures. You know, you have a black teacher, give you that look, you're like, okay, you're my right. mom, will give, your mom will give me that same look. I might want to sit down <laughs> and listen. <laughs> I understand that. So all I, about the look. Yeah, definitely that look. That look. So I definitely appreciate you for what all you do. Um, Thank you. And it's interesting you said that, um, talking about having a Black teacher growing up, you know, that's something that I did not have. Um, you know, there's a question that goes around Facebook and social media every once in a while says, you know, what grade were you in when you had your first Black teacher? And I'm like, um, <laughs> Prairie View. <laughs> wow. yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's all, and I can't even say it depends on what path that you're on in, um, in high school, because it's not even dependent on that. We just need more Black educators in our classrooms at all levels, especially in our area. So just think I went through all, well, I take that back. When I was in Houston, which is where I'm originally from, I went to a private school and it was a um, Black-owned private school. So yeah, those teachers, okay. were, of course, were Black. Yeah. But once I came here from third grade through graduation, Never another one. Yeah, I believe that. I started pre-K at Rock Prairie with a, a black pre-K teacher. And uh -huh. I don't think I had another black teacher until my ninth grade year in Spring ISD, which is pretty much in Houston. And then yeah. after that, half of my teachers were black because I was in 
you know, more mm-hmm. black areas. And they definitely influenced me a lot just to see black people, you know, that educated and caring that much about you and your yeah, education, you know, it makes you want to do more. So yeah, I think that's another reason why I think black teachers are definitely important in uh, right. our spaces. But we definitely appreciate your support. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So um, then on topic of teachers, with the decline in teachers due to the pay and certain restrictions, how do you think that has affected your job, if any at all? Um, as far as my specific position, it hasn't really um, affected it as much as, a, as hmm, how do I want to say that? It hasn't affected my position as much, um, but as far as when I work with teachers, you know, because that is a big thing, you know, we uh, teachers want to get paid more and mm-hmm. deserve to be paid. Definitely more. deserve and, to be paid more. And all the work, I, I, I challenge anybody on any given evening after five, Saturday or Sunday, pass by a school and you're going to see if it, even if it's just one car, cars but you're gonna there, see yep. you're gonna see some cars in the parking lot throughout the day because that's just the dedication that we that our teachers have for the um, for their career, for their students, for their instruction. You know they want to be their best and do their best, but I have to admit at times the amount of money and co- extra compensation is not you know no extras you know maybe. Mm-hmm maybe tutor pay, um, but as far as um, overtime, no, nah, there's no overtime. <laughs> there's no overtime in our career. I mean, we put in the overtime, but contract, salary, eight to four, either you're on a 187 contract day or you're on a 212 or a 225, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. but anything outside of them, there's no extra compensation. So that, that affects the morale of the teachers sometimes. Um, because they're like, you know, I put in all this work, all this work, you know, and it's not about the money, but <laughs> you I'll take care of your family. Extra time sometimes also means extra money. So a lot of a lot of the things that our teachers are doing is coming out of their pocket. If it's extra, not saying that the schools don't provide, don't get me wrong, the schools they do provide, you can ask for monies from your departments and whatnot, but if it's something specific that they want to do, a lot of times that money comes straight out of their pocket. So when it comes to pay, we don't talk about it a lot, but it does come up and we have to do all we can to try to help keep the morale up of our teachers because, you know, teacher morale has to be up so student morale can be up. <laughs> so it doesn't really have a direct impact all the time but it does have an impact as far as like motivation and when it comes to some of the extra things that need to be done you know sometimes that more that low morale they're just like I just can't do it you know I just yeah. can't do it and I'm like we got to do it <laughs> you know yeah. some stuff we just have to do we almost um, to the finish so line got we got to make it to the finish line whatever date that is got and at the end of the day our kids are relying on us and depending on us to be the best that we can be for them even when we're not at our best we still gotta take a deep breath mm-hmm. put the face on yep. <laughs> put that mindset on and gotta you know you gotta be the best for the kids at all times so yeah because uh, I, I remember my mom was a teacher 
I'm pretty sure it's still mm-hmm. the same, but y'all only got paid like a, two certain days each month, right? Yep. Yeah, you still, yes. yeah. Twice a month. Yeah. Yep. Not every Friday thing. And then, and we're lucky that we're in an area that does twice a month. You know, in some of the smaller districts, it's once a, it's once a month. I would hate to have to budget with that. Oh, that would be rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be rough. And I do remember my mom, you know, she mostly taught in low-income areas like Aldine ISD, Houston ISD. Mm-hmm. And uh, Spring was more fortunate, but it was still kind of um, right. not as popping as some other school districts. So I remember mm-hmm. so many times when uh, she would go to Walmart and buy like a whole bunch of colored pencils, a whole bunch of markers, and what you yep. got for a student. I was like, Mom, you don't even buy them for us. And she was like, well, I buy right. y'all what y'all need, but my students don't have the parents to buy them for us, so I have to make sure my classroom yep. is filled with these. So I saw a lot of times where she had to pay money out of her own pocket for her mm-hmm. students in class. And so, but now as an adult, I understand why she was doing it. And I appreciate it that she yep. did that as well. Yeah, we thrive off of those big, uh, back to school uh, sales and stuff. We just be yeah. waiting on the Walmart and the Target sales. Like, oh, Marcus, 25 cents. You go get exactly. me a, a classroom pack real quick. Yep. And she was like, don't <laughs> touch my bags. <laughs> Better not. <laughs> yep, you're right. All right. And uh, I have another question that's been talked about a lot nationally. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know much about it as far as it pertains to um, uh, like primary school or whatnot. From what I've researched, it's mostly uh, law school that it talks about it. Um, mm-hmm. But what are your thoughts on CRT and have you ever discussed it in school? All right. So crit- critical race theory, right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So and here's the thing. Now, when I was in um, when I was in grad school is when I first learned about critical race theory. Um, I was taking my courses in urban education, and so I was learning about um, African American education, Hispanic mm-hmm. education, and all of that, and um, and learning about the histories of all the different cultures and the wins, the whys, the hows, and the whats. And so that's when I first learned about critical race theory, and one misunderstanding that I think that people have with CRT is that it's not something that you just go into the classroom and say, this is critical race theory. Critical race theory is about, not just about the what. So meaning that we can talk about, for example, um, Harriet Tubman, for example, I'm just throwing it out there because she's just fresh on my brain. Mm-hmm. And we talk about her and Underground Railroad and things like that, or the different uh, racial disparities that are happening and whatnot. But what critical race theory gets, gets to is the why and the discussions of it. So whereas students may be taught specific dates, the where, the what happened, but when getting to the, the hows and the whys, that's critical race theory. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like, that's like I said, it's not like you go into the class and say, okay, kids, today we're going to talk about critical race theory and da 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 No, critical race theory is not just a thing. It's literally, it's a theory behind how information is re, uh, relayed to students, okay? And so, um, and I think that's a big misunderstanding um, because People just hear the word race and think, oh, they in the classrooms teaching about race. Oh, they in the classrooms teaching about racism, teaching kids about racism and being racist and 
teaching that this group is racist and da 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 and da da. No, that's not what critical race theory is all about. And that's why, you know, <laughs> um, like, like Conscious Lee always says, research over me search. Go yep. do your research. Yep. You know, um, it's a lot of me searching going on mm-hmm. and a lot of social media searching and not actually wanting to get down to the 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 root of what it is. So as far as having hearing it discussed in school, no, I haven't heard. And like I said, a teacher, and a lot of teachers, to be honest with you, depending on where they did their teacher prep, they've never heard of critical race theory. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what? What is what is critical race theory? And I have to give them that same discussion. But like I said, a lot of people doing their own biased researcher researches and and it all come all came about because while we all want to do well we all mean well there have been certain instances where certain teachers I'm not gonna say here because I can't account for any of that so don't I'm not talking about here but overall everywhere there have been teachers who have tried to go into their classrooms and make their beliefs be their students beliefs Mm -hmm. you see what i'm saying so any biases that they had they tried to make it be their students biases too and so that's where a lot of misinformation um came about and it just started to come out too much and so since it started to come out too much and started to be more visible, then they say, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. What is, you know, what is this? Why is this, why is this happening? Oh, that's a part of this theory. That's the background of this theory. So we need to make sure that teachers are not putting their thoughts into the classroom. Just, just teach the info. You know, you mm-hmm. and you can do that. You can teach the info without making it's where my knowledge, you know, my, my beliefs have to be your beliefs. And that's what it's all, that's what it's all about. And, um, I hate that it came about because it's already not enough history of different cultures taught in the classrooms, Mm -hmm. but it's even less now because people are scared that whatever they're going to talk about will be covered under CRT you know what I mean because mm-hmm. it's a fine line there you know so just just teach the info keep going teach the info keep going but, you know but miss why why no just teach the info keep going here's the what the date where just keep going you know a lot of the why of it isn't being taken out of the instruction now so it's a lot CRT is a lot mm-hmm. I mean I, I um but anybody to ask about it I thoroughly would say, you know, go and follow some of the experts about it. Like uh, Dr. Kafele, he is, um, he does a, a web webinar every weekend for, he does it for educators, but it's open to anybody. I share it every Saturday, mm-hmm. but sometimes he goes on there and does specific webinars on CRT. Um, Dr. Gloria Ladson-Billings, she is one of the founders of um, culturally relevant pedagogy, cultural relevant theory, all of those things. Like she's the founder. 
I call her the mother of all. I love her to death. <laughs> when I met her, I felt like I was, I was just as excited as I was meeting Beyonce or somebody because wow, she's just awesome. that big. You know what I mean? So I just invite anybody to do do your research. Every because everything you see on social media is not. Huh. Big. <laughs> agree, agree. It's, it's been, and then, then check the person that you whose account you read. Are they even an educator? Mm-hmm. You know, are they involved in education in any kind of way? With even if at the collegiate level or what? You know, I just do your research. Learn for yourself. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with that because a lot of mm-hmm. people go off of other people's words too much, and it's like, have you even looked into that before you're trying to pass it along to somebody else? Uh, yes please do please (laughs) because as educators we just sit and we shake our heads like (laughs) oh no my gosh yeah i could only imagine yeah it's 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 rough (laughs) sometimes so um my uh podcast is mostly about um trying to build a stronger community and political awareness so my next Mm -hmm. two questions will have to deal with that um okay what do you think we need to do to become a stronger Black community here in Bryan College Station in the Brass Valley? Come together. Yes, ma'am. Period. I mean, everything doesn't have to be a competition. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like everything, it's like everybody wants to one-up the next person. Oh, well, I'm going to do this. Well, I'm going to do this too, plus mm-hmm. this, or I'm going to do this plus that, or they did this, oh, well, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to magnify it, I'm going to do this, or, you know, it's, but just think, what if we came together, and that's what the fist is all about, you know, mm-hmm. it's, and like I always said, it wasn't about creating another organization, it's not about having, I don't even want to be considered as the leader of it, you know what I mean, I'm just, mm-hmm. just a facilitator of <laughs> the people, but to me, that's the biggest thing, is that we need to come together and our kids need to see us mm-hmm. coming together yep. and not just coming together about, I mean, cause look, when it comes to sports, we own it. Yeah. You know, we can tell yeah. you, we can tell you who the coaches are. We can tell you when sign up is, we can tell you when da, 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 all that. When it comes to um, music, oh, we know who the hottest person is. We know who got bars, we know who can sing, we know who can't sing, mm-hmm. we know who we can send them to to get a beat over here. We can send them to this, do that um dancing we know who the dance groups are we know this that, that, that. um fashion and makeup oh we know who got the sh- we know who got the shirts we know who all the makeup artists are mm-hmm. we know you know what i mean but then when it comes to education mm-hmm. crickets yeah big crickets. you know what i mean like literally you know you know the few people in the community that are gonna re- that are gonna respond but we need more because we need to, um, I had an organization I called Swagger. It was Swagger Academic Coaching. I forgot to mention that a long time ago. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, put it but out my there. Vision, my vision for Swagger was to help with to bring together people. Of course, I, I want to bring, as you can tell, I always want to bring together the people, <laughs> mm-hmm. but to focus on the whole child. You know what I mean? Why he, why, why can't a child be, athletic and studious why can't a child be into makeup and dancing and still you know it's it's got to develop the whole child it's like i used to say put some paper behind your passion that's what i'm all about if you want to take pictures put some paper behind it if you want to do fashion put some paper behind it 
that's how you get your money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, that was always my thing. You know, you, everybody has a purpose. Everybody has a passion. It just needs to be steered to where it can be productive for them, you know? And so it's just, you know, bottom line, come together so we can develop and help build a prosperous community that looks out for each other and our students and our kids watch us come together. Because if they don't, if we're not the example for them, then who's going to be the example for them? TV, social media, you know, rappers, rappers. I mean, look, the list could go on and on and on. And we see the examples of what they're using as an example in the classroom. You know, we just need, we need to come together. We need more involvement, more visibility in every aspect. Show up, show up to the schools, show up to the games, show up to their churches, show up, you know, because we have a lot of kids who are in ministry, but because that's not one of the, more popular areas to be in in our community, just like education. We have some in ministry, but then we have some over here doing some other things too that maybe we might be going against their ministry. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. we have to let kids know that what their purpose and their passion is, is okay. It just, you know, we we just need to guide them and be that example for them. Definitely agree with that. Um, So my next question is, what is your outlook on politics? And why do you believe it's important for Black people to be invested in them? You know, we do have two important uh, races happening right now for mm-hmm. Justice of the Precinct 4 and County Commissioner Precinct 4, which are our two um, predominantly Black areas, especially with uh, our new county uh, map being, our new precinct map, adding, you know, the State Streets to causation uh, with um, West Side, East Side, um, Castle Heights, and North Bryan as well. So, they basically mm-hmm. drew a line around all the black areas and found a way to put them together. So I think, me personally, I think this is a very important race to uh, choose the people who are going to speak for us. So do you have right. any opinions on any of this? I normally try to stay out of politics and yeah, political sure. conversations. I'm just being honest with you. No, but, you. no, no, no. But as far as the importance, I feel like it is extremely, extremely important for us to be involved, even if we don't have the two cents to put into the conversation, mm-hmm. even just to be in the place where the conversations are being had. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like we have the forums, we have the um, the town hall meetings, we have the um, some of the candidates come and visit churches, some of the candidates come to the community centers and whatnot, but we're absent from those places where the conversations are being had. And so when it comes time to go vote, we either show up just to say we voted, <laughs> you yeah. know, and, you know, just blindly voting on Whoever our a candidate or whatever is happening, you know, or our little cousin, Annie, whoever, <laughs> you know, yeah. but I feel like we need to be more visible, even if we aren't, and vocal, don't get me wrong, we need to be vocal, mm-hmm. but in order for us to be vocal, we have to get the information so we can be properly vocal if that makes sense you know what I mean yes ma'am and so um you're right these are some very important races that are coming up um and I just feel like like I said it is very important for us to be involved 
even if we can't participate in the conversations, getting the knowledge, getting to know who the people are that are running, um, go to go to the forums to hear. Even if you don't have anything to say, it doesn't it doesn't harm anyone to just go and hear mm -hmm. what the people are saying, um, to hear what they're about and what they're not about. Um, seeing if how it's going to impact you directly um, in your specific area in the county, um, especially with, and I, I know I'm, I'm an educator, so the school board, you know, we need, yep. that's another area of politics that we don't, we, we don't show up to, yep. you know, um, as, as a teacher, you know, we're involved in you know, like the, the briefings and the agendas and whatnot, but as far as attending, like a lot of people don't know that uh, those are those are open and public meetings. Yep. You know, the things that aren't public, they go into closed session about. <laughs> yep. And then they come back out. But everything that is public, I mean, we can go to those, you know, so we need to we need to attend the forums, we need to attend the town halls, we need to attend the the board meetings. You know, if it's open and public, go to it so that you can know what your people are about that you're voting for, so that you know do I really want to vote for them, yeah. you know, or do I not want to vote for them, you know, okay, I've known this person all my life, but do I want them to be in office, you know, because, you know, that's how we, that's how we think, you know, oh, I've known them forever, you know, yeah. they running, oh, I'm going to vote for them, yeah. not even knowing, <laughs> yeah, because a person's political platform is different from their personal platform, could yeah. be, yeah. you know, so you want to make sure that you're, you're involved, um, invisible and an active participant in your local poli uh, local politics. Yeah, because uh, I agree. We went to the Chamber of Commerce uh, forum they had a few months ago. And mm -hmm. another Black man came to me and was like, hey, where's the rest of us at? And I was like, I don't know. Like, it's sad. Now, it was literally probably four, four or five Black people there. And yeah. two of them were running for uh, local office. So, of course, they had to be there. Right, and, right. And it was like, yeah, I I don't even have an answer to this. I don't know why yeah. we don't uh, view this as important as you know other people view this as important. Yeah, we, we got to be proactive, you know, because yeah. just think about if we were more proactive mm -hmm. than reactive, then some of the things that we're being reactive to may not have happened. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because the more you know beforehand, the more you can prepare yourselves for whatever could possibly come, you know, and um, say a situation comes up. And you're like, uh -uh, well, who voted for that? <laughs> I oh, I didn't. I ain't even vote. Oh, <laughs> exactly. you know, no, vote, no vote, no voice. You know, yep, <laughs> you yep, know that's, that's what exactly how at. I feel. We just got to show up and we got to be we got to be proactive as a people. We got to be proactive as a people um, and be more visible because a lot of decisions that are made are made because we're not visible. Mm -hmm. Think about it. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there, and I'm, I can't name one specifically, but like as far as zoning, you know, mm -hmm. different zonings, like we're getting ready to go through some different zonings, even within our district and whatnot, you know. But if we're not in the place to speak up and to know what's happening, then, you know, hey, the decision is just going to be made. Yeah. You know, know. And, then, and then what? <laughs> Yeah, true. I don't know much about Bron ISD zoning, but I have noticed something with College Station ISD zoning. How mm -hmm. um they basically seen the State Street kids in Southgate 
to a, they basically pass Consol to go to College Station High School, and then they send the Pebble Creek kids, which is predominantly white, uh, mm-hmm. all the way to Consol. So they basically pass College Station High School to get them to Consol. You know, to me, oh, they wow. pass, yeah, they basically do that to make the demographics match up to make it seem like our town isn't as split as much as it is. But if you right. uh, have kids go to the school that's close to them, yep. uh, the College Station High School probably would have rarely any black people. To be right because i because i know personally when college station high school was built <laughs> and even just looking at some of like their athletic teams or whatever i'm like <laughs> i'm like oh okay <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know, like where I they stay at seen the lines but i'm like um okay i know mm-hmm. what college station high school is and i'm like oh all them moved out there <laughs> you know but but like you said you got to know about those lines, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and they're talking about getting ready to re redo, uh, re rezone Brian ISD, mm-hmm. um, and that's one of the things you know they're going to bring in a demographer to um, help to make sure that um, our demographics are uh, distributed fairly. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm interested to see how some of those lines are going to be redrawn, but yeah. Our line used to be back in the day, the line was straight up the middle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you go mean, this way, you go that had, way. Yeah, I mean, that was before we had two high schools, though. We just had Brian High, you know, yeah. but as far as like, like when Jane Long and Sam Rayburn were built, mm-hmm. they drew that line. Boop. It, some of y'all, y'all went over here, y'all went over there. And literally, the line went right down my cousin's street. So, like, his cross the street friends with the Rayburn yeah. and everybody on his side of the street, literally, no <laughs> lie. I believe it was you. Just, you know what I mean, and so. Mm-hmm. But now you look at the lines, and they go this way, and mm-hmm. then it's and then they go all over there. So <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see, you know. But a lot of and that's the thing, a lot of people don't see those things as being political decisions, mm-hmm. but there's politics in it. Politics you know, behind everything, 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 and like my ment- one of my mentors always told me. Follow the money and follow the mm. politics. Yep. Follow the money and follow the politics. If you always want to know why, I wonder why. Mm, mm-hmm. Where the money? You're going to find your answer. Find the money trail. Yep. Find the political trail. And you'll get your answer every time. Every time. Every time. But we got to be in the place to know that. Yep. 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 I be- yep. I'm right there with you. I, I agree. Yep. I agree. All right. Well, I thank you so much, Ms. Nellis Samuels, for uh, allowing me the opportunity to have you on my podcast. My last question yep. is for you. Uh, is is there any question you would like to ask me? Um, what what's your primary goal with your podcast? Like, what's your what at the end of this season? Because I know you said you're going to have like different seasons. Yes, ma'am. What's what's the what's the goal for season one? So at the like at the end of this one, what what's your goal to that you want to have achieved? Well, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess my goal for season one would be um get a lot of uh, notice on people like you, you know, Amber, Mr. Carl, Ebony, and other people I have on my show as well, uh, to let people in the community know that we do have people doing things for our community, you know, that are black people and people that they should be supporting and looking out for, you know, following them on Facebook and other social media uh, forums. And just Mm -hmm. like having an opportunity to let y'all have y'all voice be heard and try to also, you know, get us more involved with local politics because I know we might not be able to change what happened national nationwide we not might not be able to change what's happening statewide but we definitely have a, a hand in what we can do 
local as far as locally. So that's probably will be my goal. Okay. Okay. So well, that's good. Um, I just wanted to know what your goal was, and that's a good goal. And I feel right. like you've gotten off to a, a a good start with some uh with some good podcasts going. Right. And right. um, what are your thoughts as far as education in our area? Oh, okay. Uh-huh. My thoughts on education. Now, final question. <laughs> no, you good. You good. We can do this. My thoughts on education here is I would definitely love to see, you know, more people get more involved with their kids in education. Like, I think I made a post a couple of weeks ago talking about kids can have, you know, the nicest clothes. They got the new Jordans every time they come out. It's kids who got flashy chains, you know, nice. And it's like, okay, that's nice. But what your grades look like, you know? And I feel right. like um, a lot of parents focus more so on the outside of their kids before they focus on the inside. And not only as as far as education, but mental as well, you know, because I feel like we need to, like you were saying, build these circles where kids can be comfortable being smart. Because I know me growing up, um, going to was going to predominantly white schools, I was a smart black kid growing up because my mom was an educator. So I was mm-hmm. I was always the one that they looked to to answer questions when it came to black kids. Or when it was time for kids to go to content mastery, most of the time I was usually the only one or two black kids left in class. And, you know, at that time, mm-hmm. I'm like, Hey, I want to go too. Like, oh, all my people going. I want to go with them. And teachers like, oh, no, you can't go. And I <laughs> right. like, yeah, and I used to be like, that's kind of weird. And then actually going to a, a predominantly black school in Houston and seeing other kids who were just as smart as me. You know, that challenged me more to be like, oh, my friends answering questions too. Well, let me hurry up and raise mm-hmm. my hand so I can be my homeboy answering this question. Or right. you know, let me make sure that they don't outshine me when they do their presentation. I'm gonna have mine. You know, ready when I get there. And then going mm-hmm. back to console my senior year it was different, you know, I was put back in a different space and I was pretty uncomfortable because I did majority yeah. of my peers, you know, well, not majority, but some of my peers who I had classes with weren't as, you know, educated as, as I was on certain topics. So I didn't <laughs> see them raising their hands. So I'm like, you know, I'm more hesitant to raise my hand because I don't mm-hmm. want, you know, I don't, I don't know what mental thing was going on, but for some reason, I just didn't want to raise my hand because, you know, no one looked like me. No one who looked like me was raising their Your hand. Your space wasn't safe anymore. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I definitely think it's something that we should focus on because uh, it's hard to get it after high school. You know, <laughs> you got to pay for it. <laughs> right. right. That part. It's not free no more. Once yeah, you, not once free you no more. School, and it's expensive. You don't want to pay them student loans back. Woo. Right. <laughs> All of that. Good, good. Well, awesome. Well, I want to invite you as well as your listeners that are in our area to go to um, um, any of our local school websites and fill out the paperwork to be a volunteer. We'd love yes. to have um, those who can and are able to to come in and volunteer with our students in the schools, whether it be to um, read with them, do some math problems with them. Lord, read with them. Math <laughs> problems. <laughs> yeah, say it again. Yeah, say it again. Read with them and do some math problems with them. Because Amen. Some of our babies, our babies are mm-hmm. struggling mm-hmm. with some of the... Um, basic things and like i said our teachers are doing all they can with all the extra time that they can if they were to see some of our community members um come in and be volunteers or you can even apply to be a tutor and be get paid to do it yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um that would be um an amazing thing to see so yeah you're right and while we're on that topic there's also uh school committees you don't have to be on a school board but you can also apply for school committees that uh each school right. district has uh, available so if you don't want to like tutor and things you do want to get into like somewhat of the little politics to it you know you can always mm-hmm. join school committees where they'll educate please you. come to your child's pto every school yep. has a pto 
Yep. And we don't show up to those. Yeah, no, I agree. I <laughs> but agree. just being honest, if it's a if it's if it's a room of 20, we might be, we might have three. Yep. Might. Yeah, might. A big might. Um, and I notice sometimes those meetings are at um, you know, not a good time, like sometimes they're in the middle of the day or whatever, you know, but at least at least reach out to them, you know, mm -hmm. and be like, you know, hey, you know, I would love to come to those meetings. But like, even when my son was in school, his schools had their PTO meetings at noon. <laughs> like, uh, I'm at work. Exactly. But I still would reach out to them and say, you know, hey, I'm unavailable to come to the meetings, but I still want to be involved. Please keep me in the loop with emails, any events you have going on. You know, we just want to know that our parents are being, want to be involved yeah. in it. So you're right. School committees, PTOs, please join them. Please yeah, join. It, PTO stands for parent teacher organization. Parents. Yeah, <laughs> and some even smart. have PTSO, parent teacher student, because mm. there are students in there. So yeah, we need we need more um we need more visibility in those as well. Yeah. And if, even if you are that one parent there, you know, you can always go there. Exactly, exactly. And let all your people know what's really happening. So yeah. that's right. All yeah. it takes is one. Yeah, yes, ma'am. <laughs> And again, I do appreciate you for joining my podcast. Uh, this is Black in My City featuring Natalie Samuels on this episode. And uh, thank you all so much and have a nice day. For sure. Thank you.